Ladies rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Three cheers for His Majesty the King. We're home, we're jet lagged, we're ready to go. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Royally Obsessed. Post-coronation fever has settled down a little bit. I'm a little coronationed out. I don't know about you, Rachel. I'm so excited to talk about it. Yes, we're we're back. back. I'm Rachel. I'm Roberta. And before we get into the royal news and more coronation recaps, please send us an email with your coronation thoughts, info at gallerypodcast.com. You can catch up on all our coronation coverage at Royally Obsessed Podcast on Instagram. Also, another really fun and easy way to grab our podcasts and play them is via Alexa, which I had the most fun with this morning. You just say, Alexa, please play Royally Obsessed. I always include some gratitude there, um, some manners, but um, it'll play the latest episode. And then you can just say, Alexa, play previous episode of Royally Obsessed. And it just jumps to the one right before it. It's awesome. None of that scrolling through your phone required. Anyone who's listening out loud is now going to be like, Alexa, stop. Yeah, my Alexa's not in this room, so I could say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we have so much to talk about, including more about the coronation, specifically the coronation concert at Windsor, which Roberta and I both had the privilege, the absolute privilege of attending. Also, how the royals have been spending the days after the big day on Saturday, things like the big help out, the Buckingham Palace garden party, so much more. We've got some reflections on Camilla's family, a look back at another coronation, and additional scoop on spare. There's so much to get into. As usual, I feel like we are just diving back into regularly scheduled programming. I know. It's not the same as recording in bathrobes at the Londoner Hotel. <laughs> no, over room service. That was <sighs> the best when that arrived. I was like, we are so hungry and wet, and this is meeting all of our needs right now. We were, yeah, the rain really got us. But uh, we're getting back into it, although via Zoom. So we are going to toast virtually, that is... And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. With some coffee, because we are so tired from this trip back. I know, Rachel, you had a better experience coming back than I did. I feel like you had a lovely time. Yes, I upgraded to premium on Virgin Atlantic at the encouragement of my husband. It was uh, Our credit card was running a deal, and it was the best decision I've ever made in my life, I feel like. I was hesitant to spend the money after spending so much this past week, and hashtag worth it. I feel so jealous and happy for you at the same time. Um, I also think that our Royal Refreshment should be, we should shout out the Coronation Beer from our listener meetup, which was lovely. It was so nice to meet so many of you. This coronation beer they were serving, it's called the Return of the King Beer, and it's from Windsor and Eaton Brewery. It nods to the fact that up until Queen Elizabeth, we had nonstop kings. Now we had a little break with Queen Elizabeth. Back to the king, the Return of the King. Could not be more appropriately named. I also feel like we haven't given justice in this podcast because we were so racing to, you know, and in the moment on Sunday or Saturday when we recorded the coronation episode to talk about our listener meetup, which was so incredible, Roberta. We had 50 plus Roro show up at Joshua's Tavern at the Londoner Hotel. People from South Carolina, Dallas, Philly, New York City, Los Angeles, and London, they were all, they all descended on the city to be there for this historic moment on May 6th. And it was just so special for Roberta and I to meet so many of you. So thank you for coming and saying hi. Right, Roberta? It was amazing. Yeah, a huge shout out to everyone who came. Big hugs. We felt like overwhelmed with love and joy and to have everyone gather in one spot to talk about where they were going to be the next morning for the actual coronation. It was kind of a wonderful, wonderful place to just coordinate all of our plans. So it was 
amazing to meet so many of you. All at the Londoner Hotel, which we will be talking about shortly. All right. Should we talk about our listener email? We got a great one from Rachel. She said that she loves our measured take and it's quite refreshing all the time to hear us. That's very high praise. So thank you so much for sharing that note. She also shares a hot take on the Corey concert. This is her quote. I was struck while watching the Coronation concert that in the Royal Box, there was no room for Camilla's family. They couldn't find eight seats to have her children and grandchildren there. This was such an odd decision to me and feels like it gave greater insight into how this family functions or dysfunctions maybe. Their mother and grandmother is now queen. And while they aren't members of the royal family, shouldn't they be given some consideration over some of the politicians, nieces, nephews? She adds, it also makes me think that if King Charles passes before Camilla does, does she go live her life out quietly at Ray Mill, which by the way is her private home in Wiltshire? Or is she still brought into the fold of the royal family events as a dowager queen who isn't the mother of the king at that time? I have so many questions and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. So I first, Roberta, I know we're going to talk a ton about the coronation concert coming up, but I did want to reflect on our direct observations from the back of Windsor Castle about the concert arrivals. We had a really great view of the Royal Box. The Royals were super late, which was fascinating because this was live TV and a lot of local people that we were hanging out with were like, how does this work? Because the concert starts at 8 p.m. They're arriving. They, I think they all got to their seat around 8.30. We also were counting the number of seats because it was very stressful to see the box filling in, but none of the primary Royals were there yet. So we were like, are there enough seats remaining for even the Waleses and their children Mm -hmm. at this point? But that leads into what we know about where Camilla's children and grandchildren were seated. Yeah, so they were right in front of the royal box. It was Tom Parker Bowles and the kids. So the grandkids that were obviously pages of honor during the ceremony were definitely there. They were just right in front, so the cameras didn't really focus on them that much. And they were seated right next to actually Kate's family. So Carol and Michael were there as well as Pippa and James. So it was nice to kind of see them right in front. It did feel maybe like a little bit of a snub, but it was also the royal box was full of leaders of the Commonwealth. And I think, you know, we were all questioning who is the woman next to Charles on his left? That's the secretary general of the Commonwealth. So I think that that made a lot of sense. They wanted to really elevate that notion of he's king of the Commonwealth and the realms. And they did that. But Middleton's got a little bit of a snub. (laughs) They also did make room for Prince Andrew, which our mouths dropped when we saw him walk in. So it is fascinating to think about who the seats went to. I think it is a lot very political. Happy to see Fergie. That was so nice. Happy to see Fergie, not happy to see Andrew. Happy to see Zara and Mike walk in. Zara had that great green blazer. Anyways, it was it was really cool. I was gonna add one other comment about this where we had that interview that we talked about. Last week, I guess it was, was it only last week, about how Anne was saying the comments on that Charles had made previously in the past about a slimmed down monarchy didn't really make sense anymore. And when I saw the royal balcony at the coronation, it felt so, so full. So I think it's just fascinating to see how many people are a part of the family now, especially with Camilla's family woven into that now. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. We got a lot of comments. Um, Also, I think um, I was just on... Instagram, I was looking through some of the posts that uh, our team had posted, and it was interesting to see that so many people questioned about the working royals, because Louise isn't a working royal, James isn't a working royal, there were a ton of non-working royals, and I think that was the line that they drew in the sand before with the press, they told them that the balcony would only be working royals, so it was just interesting. I think what I read was that it kind of came all together last minute, and people just went out on the balcony, so. Because James and Louise were on the balcony. 
Yeah, exactly. So people yeah. were questioning why they um, were there if it was supposed to be just working for us. looked like a very robust monarchy, but then it was slimmed down for the royal box at the concert. <laughs> All right. This week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. The coronation of King George VI on May 12th, 1937. So the last time Britain crowned a king was this week, 86 years ago. And they did basically the same thing we saw Saturday, which I think draws that kind of line of continuity that we talk about. The similarities, of course, the pageantry, all the reports from that time. It was an eye-wateringly stunning spectacle. Bright colors, drapery inside Westminster. I kind of kept thinking of the Dorchester Hotel that we saw there, Rachel, with the old um, drapery blue and red that was so, so stunning that we saw. On the exterior of the hotel, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The other similarities that King and Queen being crowned, you know, all the ceremony, it rained on the day, which of course it did for Charles as well. Kids, I mean, Princess Elizabeth was only 11 years old at the time. Margaret was six. I kind of think of George, who's almost 10, and Louis, who's five, similar ages there. And then sound testing. Sound testing woke up King George VI and the Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, at 2 a.m., and they couldn't fall back asleep. We heard some sound testing when we were in London the night before, and... Oh, yeah, that, that just, was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> this is a test of the coronation sound over system over and, and over, over and over for, I am kid you not, probably hours. So for the people I on the mall camping out, it must have been really rough. Yeah. <laughs> like it makes you feel it's crazy making. Wait, was yeah. the king at his coronation in 1937 as solemn as Charles was? I don't think so. I think they actually said he was so youthful and he was 41 years old at the time. And so he actually was really glowing. They said he looked much younger than 41, which I was like, okay, Botox tells your secret. <laughs> um, the difference is, though, you know, the age, like, you, like, you know, I just mentioned 41. Of course, Charles and Camilla are at, you know, 75 almost and mid-70s. And so they're at retirement age. There was also a lot of mishaps in King George VI coronation, which I don't think there were many mishaps on Saturday. Do you remember any? Oh, yeah. I I was trying to think of a list. Uh, I think the big one that people were talking about are sort of – I can't tell if this is putting – it's definitely putting words in Charles's mouth because can lip readers really, really detect? But the Waleses were late to the processional? Does that count as a mishap? Yeah, that's a mishap. I feel like – the Grim Reaper was what I thought you were going to say. That's, oh, yeah. The Grim Reaper kind of is what a lot thing. of people were talking about this morning when I did school drop-off. That was the number one thing people asked yeah. me about, um, which was basically... And uh, someone who works at the Abbey, he's called a verger. And so he works in religious and solemn ceremonies. But yeah, it was if you didn't really see it, because I didn't see it, Google it. But it was basically in the background, you kind of saw someone that looked like the silhouette of a Grim Reaper run in the background and was very much a church job or related to the proceedings. But it was great for memeification and Twitter and all of those things. Also, Katy Perry couldn't find her seat. Does that count as a snafu? Not in the scheme of Charles, but... near the vein of King George VI, there was... The crown was put on his head the wrong way. A bishop stepped on his train. Another put his thumb over the words on the oath when he was about to read it. A dean of Westminster fell down the steps. He was carrying the crown, but ribbon saved it. Guests fell asleep. Like, this will probably come out. We'll hear more and more about the behind the scenes, I bet. Little leaks here and there. Yeah. Oh, the horses, the horses running into the barricade. That was a kind of from this year. Yeah. Yeah. So the cost as well, there's a huge difference in the cost. 25 million in today's dollars was what King George VI cost. And it was three times the last coronation. This one, they're saying over 100 million. I think people are really up in arms about that. It was the first one to be the procession to be on TV. 
It was the first outside broadcast by the BBC, which was only six months old at the time. It's hard to imagine the BBC was only six months old. It was meant to be the coronation for King Edward VIII, of course, his brother, but same date, different king, is what George was said to have remarked. And yeah, I mean, the last king we saw was 86 years ago. And so I feel like Saturday was just kind of a cut and paste a little bit of that. I love the continuity, though. I think that they do such a great job. And you can only imagine the rehearsals that, I mean, we know the rehearsals were ongoing for a long time and the precision really came across. And it I forgot off. I included a clip as well. So we're going to play that from King George VI coronation, 1937. Outside the abbey, the crowds are dazzled by the glitter of gold and jewels as first the little princesses and the princess royal arrive. Meanwhile, inside, 8,000 guests have already been assembled for over two hours. And at the door, the Earl Marshal of England, the Duke of Norfolk, is waiting to receive their majesties. Every peer wears his ermine and sable and carries his coronet, which he won't place on his head until the exact moment that King George VI is crowned. So flashback, a different time, no social media, of course, everything was on social media on Saturday. I That's why I think I feel a little corried out, is that there was just so much content. I mean, I think I've kept it somewhat at arm's length. I'm digesting my own experience and trying to like get that stuff in doses. But yeah, I feel I feel that overwhelm anytime I open my Instagram app. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to consume at this moment in royal time. Well, and we also had a firsthand experience of part of the Coronation Weekend, which was, of course, the Windsor Castle concert, which we need to get into. I'll let you kick us off there. Oh, my gosh. Well, can we start by talking about the ticket fiasco, Roberta? Because this kept us on our toes. Unbelievable. But we are sharing because it happened to so many people, and it was resolved with so much help from the DCMS and people involved. But basically, um, there was a lot of difficulties with the actual tickets. We got a code. We were given an email code for both of us to access our um, tickets the night before, or two Mm -hmm. nights before, I guess it was. Two nights before, yeah. My code worked, Roberta's didn't. Panic, cue the panic. But then we went on Twitter. It's happening to so many people. Got in touch with our sources. The bottom line is it all worked out. And one of the things we believe in a lot after this weekend and some of the people we hung out with is visualize it working out. And that's what we did, and it worked out, right? Yeah, we had so much help, too, from um, Visit Britain, which is – Amazing and securing and helping us secure our tickets and helping us. Yes, thank you to Visit Britain because they were the ones that helped us get there and it was amazing. Okay, well, anyways, moving on though. I think that what was just, I don't, I mean, Roberta, I don't even really know how to dive into this. The concert, the concert was just the most phenomenal experience. I think taking the train, leaving the city, but arriving in Windsor on this picture perfect day. Like I had been to Windsor before, but it was a gray day. I think it was a fall day and the sun was shining. It was 70 degrees. The crowd was the crowds everywhere were bumping. And so we headed with a couple of friends to the Prince Harry Pub, which was a great plan. The check-in for the concert was between 3 and 7 p.m. So it was kind of a long, long game to get in the into the castle. Yeah, but yeah. but the Prince Harry Pub was a great place to grab a grab a pint. I think I had a gin and tonic actually though. Right? You what did you have? You had a gin and tonic. I had a gin and tonic. Yeah. I feel like My favorite part, though, was once we were in was actually just seeing Windsor Castle and seeing this kind of up close view that I don't think many people get to see. So you walk 
we walked up the long walk, we walked by and around the castle, and then the concert actually took place in their private golf course, which is just something that I feel like a lot of people didn't know they had. And the backdrop with the castle between the stage, there was a, like a stage that looked like a Union Jack kind of from overhead. So that was, I think, my favorite part, the, the golden hour gleaming uh, uh, across all of it. Yeah, I think it's just so humbling to stand next to it. And yes, you go as a tourist visiting. Like I took a tour when I went to Windsor Castle, but to just be there as a party guest almost felt really magical. And again, the weather and just the getting inside. And then we had a great spot. Like we ended up watching it with Laura Ann Barr, who's been on the show, All That's Pretty. And she is famously known for finding the best spot to both see, well, to see the Royals. And in this case, she found the best spot to see both the concert and the Royals. So we were equidistant from the Royal box to the stage. So we could turn either way. If you check her Instagram, I think she has a great video of what we were doing a lot of, which was instead of filming the stage, filming the box or watching the box. Yeah. Not an easy feat too, because of 20,000 people that were there. It was yes, it was so, so full. Yeah. What are your, what were your favorite moments though, Roberta, from the from the concert? I mean, definitely the light show, definitely Katy Perry. When you say the light show, do you mean like with the, the drones? Yeah, the drones were incredible. Um, I think all of the kind of concert screen projections were just really cool. Even like the more PR stuff about Charles, like that was just really interesting. Tom Cruise's skit. Uh, oh yeah, Tom Cruise. That was favorites. so brief. It was five seconds maybe, but he was like, I'll always be your co-pilot. Seeing the Royals dancing too was just such a highlight because all we had to do was literally turn around, do a 180 and see them just up there dancing in the boxes. What about you? What was your favorite part? So my thing that I can't shake from the concert, but in the best possible way is I cannot stop listening to Take That. <laughs> Which I feel like is not what I I thought because I checked them out before going, but I feel like it's the the way to compare it would be like, you know, when I mean, this is literally inside baseball, but like when I go to a Red Sox game and they play Sweet Caroline, everyone erupts. Oh, or it's yeah. like if you're in New York City and they play New York State of Mind by Jay-Z and uh, Alicia Keys, it's like everyone goes nuts. And when they played that song, I think it was called Never Forget. Yes. It was just... I mean, it's in my head. I, the whole plane ride back, I ended up in the cab right to the airport, putting it on via my AirPods and just listening to that to the point that the cab driver was like, excuse me, ma'am, ma'am. Like, I didn't even hear him for a second. I was like. And they have their own dance to it, which all the royals were doing. They were doing yes. like the open arms. And like, I think everyone was just on the same page with that. Lorian had to teach us how to do the dance. It was just really, it was a, it was a really fun moment to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agreed that Oceanimals was really amazing. I loved Lila Richie. I think one thing that stood out to me that I wanted to talk to you about was Prince William's speech. When he was up there saying, Pa, like, we're really proud of you and happy and all that stuff, I felt the whole left behind by Prince Harry because it's hard not to feel like Prince William is an only child almost. It's like in if none of this had happened, it would have been both of Charles's kids on stage mm -hmm. in this moment. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm not sure what my conflict is exactly, but it's like, gosh, it's a lot of weight for William to carry solo. It's also what a loss that Harry isn't there and the family couldn't work it out. But I, I really, that was where my mind went in that moment when he was on stage. And the crowd, the crowd loved, I mean, every time Prince William and Kate came on the screen at the, during the coronation, during the screening site when we were in Green Park, or even on Sunday night at the concert, it was like the crowd goes 
wild for the Waleses. So I think that that was so apparent too, is just ha- hearing that and them starting on their own a rendition of God Save the King right after he got off stage. It was great. I know. I'm also, by the way, loving Ed Sheeran debunking the rumors that he was never asked to be I at the coronation. I that. Yeah, that he already had a conflict on that day and no, was never asked. He was... Just key, he made that a public statement. Fascinating. And King Charles and Queen Camilla's appearance on American Idol. I feel like that was just. Oh, yeah, I haven't watched that yet. My mom told me about that. Oh, my gosh. It just feels like they heard the feedback that, like, this is all American Idol performers. But, oh, oh, you know what else? I like the sex education guy that was, um, did a performance of Shakespeare. That was really good as well. All, all of the performances were just so good. A woman who was deaf and blind playing piano. I mean, there was just like, it, I think. You hear the highlights, but I think what really knocked our socks off was just the choirs from all over the UK. It was just a really well done performance. So I know if I could add one more thing to that, I think that's the takeaway when I when people have, you know, just getting back into the routine today and people are like, how was it? How was Mm -hmm. the concert? It almost didn't matter who was on stage. Mm -hmm. It was basically the feeling of togetherness that the all the people from the UK and the audience waving the flags, which they gave out at the Windsor station when you got off the train. It was a very organized celebration of the UK. And it felt very Charles too, because it tapped all those different arts and humanities that he's so fond of. And I felt like my the thing I loved watching the most was just the crowds. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I know we want to put a bow on the coronation as well. And so we have a few more thoughts about that. And we are going to kind of run through these. I feel like we could. You dive in. We covered a lot, a lot on Saturday when we recorded. Uh, in We were on the ground, obviously. We were there, literally on the ground. <laughs> we were sitting in the mud in Green Park. And we were dressed kind of nice, too, because we had just come from Times UK oh, Radio. Yeah. But there was a lot that's come out since. And so I think we just wanted to go over that. One is the fashion. So we obviously, you know, saw that Kate's headpiece was by Jess Collette and Alexander McQueen. A reminder, Jess was a recipient of one of the first Prince's Trust Awards. So that's a full circle moment for her. I love that it had a tiara-like look. I can't remember if we talked about that on Saturday, but it just it, – they did a great job making it – you know, the best of both worlds. Yeah. Although, you know, I don't know how people feel if they still wish they saw Tierra. I'm okay with what it ended up looking like. I also wanted to shout out Camilla's Bruce Oldfield dress because I don't think I re- – I didn't – I definitely didn't see the dogs on the bottom of it or the names of her kids and grandkids. That was really special. And then the books on the back. I feel like the only thing that I really saw bubble up the maybe the day after was that her – assistants the women that were helping her one was her sister that they gave her a wedgie i didn't see that at all but i guess that that was like the comment reported that it was a really um it was like a really awkward moment when she was walking in where they couldn't get the dresses straight and i kind of remember that now but yeah so but the dress was stunning and i mean bruce oldfield of course is one of her go-tos so um the the bunting on it didn't see that the detail shots i think are what um, i know i was gonna say one thing that stood out and i is the pippa this was a headline i can't remember if it was the telegraph the pippa middleton of the proceedings penny mordaunt at first i was like what this article is trying too hard but then it is so true that almost the entire part that penny was a part of roberta and i could not stop acknowledging her presence and just that you know she was the first woman to ever hold this role where she carried the sword of state and the jeweled sword of offering 
she looked so striking and kind of blew up the internet with her presence. Everyone, even like MPs were saying that she stole the show. Did you think about her arm workout and how she must have the best and most toned arms to be holding all these different swords the entire time? But her like, I guess it was a dress from Sophia and it was that teal and the gold. It was stunning. Stunning. Totally Pippa. Yeah. Um, The two dress mystery. What do we think of that? Kate wearing two different dresses on coronation day? Is it true false what do we think i don't know roberta you can i don't know i guess for me i'm just feeling so detached from this drama after being there like this was not a part of what anyone was really talking about but then when you go online everyone's talking about it i guess in the moment it wasn't as acknowledged but yeah i think it was seems like it was two different dresses right i can't tell i've looked i've zoomed in on getty pictures so much and i really can't see how it's a cape or a mantle like there's just no way so I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to just leave that as a, a royal rumor, I guess, until we debunk yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. One thing Roberta and I were talking about a lot that we heard about while we were there was that Charles recorded a special announcement for the tube travelers or anyone on public transit for the weekend of the coronation. And on my last tube ride, I heard it. And I stayed a little bit longer than Roberta. And it was just kind of hilarious to hear him say, mind the gap and have a wonderful coronation weekend. And people really on the train were like, okay, Charlie. I heard it <laughs> like on they my really it. way to Liberty of London. And it was, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was like, it was kind of uh, surprising to just hear the king and queen. He has such a distinct voice and so does she, but it was, it was actually really good. I liked it yeah, a lot. Yeah, he kind of did it in a cheeky way that made it really feel yeah. fun. Way funner than his emotions, because I think that was a big um, call out a lot of people had was, why does Charles look so sad throughout the day and I think that that's a really hard question to answer like even you mentioned the lip reading and you know him kind of seeing irritated he possibly said you know the whales is or something about being being late nothing goes right this is boring they're never on time or something along those lines and so I don't know. Did you think he looked That's sad? where I hold the lip reader suspect. I really can't imagine Charles saying this is boring about his own day. Like that feels <laughs> so odd. Why would any It also who walks around being like this is boring? <laughs> I know. I don't know. It I felt know. kind of absurd. I do think I've watched it so many times though, that you can tell he says we we're never on time. This is negative. That one seems all right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's very confusing. And they were to late because out. it was orchestrated down to the minute, and Charles and Camilla arrived exactly on time. And I think it was ten fifty three. The Waleses were supposed to be there before that, and they didn't get there till ten fifty seven, which is like, oh my god, it's like four minutes. But it was a big deal, I you guess. Got at the kids time. to manage, oh, though. Yeah. And they posted that, um, the whales has posted that behind the scenes video of them getting ready before. And I was like, this is what they were doing. This is why they were Maybe late. they were getting that content, they which were. is how we felt a lot of the week. I don't blame them, and if that's the case. Okay, one last coronation comment that I'd like to make, unless you have more. Feel free to extend this beyond. But a fashion favorite that we didn't talk about is Lady Louise oh, Windsor. Did yes. you see the photos yes. in her Susanna London dress? She, I know she's so young. She's 19. This was a real moment where she shined so bright. Is she your best dress of the coronation? I think she wow. might be. I mean, can I send you this photo Please. of her in this floral, oh, I love floral it. I dress? Love she dress. also did the royal heel trick that I think Megan got a lot of praise for way back in the day where you get a slight half size bigger so your shoes don't rub. And you can very much see it in this photo that her shoes are a little bit bigger yeah. in the back. So anyways, I just thought she looked incredible and so did her mom sophie i mean there was so much fantastic fashion and i can't wait to kind of go through as if it's like the met gala a little bit later i feel like the best dress for me in the coronation was katy perry and vivian westwood that delightful shade of purple there were just so many great guest looks 
Queen Letizia. I'm sure we're going to also so. be summing this up and thinking of more random thoughts as we go. There's just so many things that it's hard to kind of capture it all and we're all going to be processing. But should we talk about Harry for a minute? Yeah, let's talk about Harry. So I guess there's been a lot of reports since he left. I think more has come out. Sources have uh, talked to the press. So he spent Friday night at Frogmore is what they're saying. It was his last night at Frogmore, which is very sad. I think that would be really hard for him. He had met police security with him and King Charles gave a toast to Archie's birthday the night before the reception at Buckingham Palace. According which, to the Daily Mail, though, according, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we have to preface that. Um, yes. Yeah, so he wore a Dior suit, which might have been a nod to Diana. Of course, she favored Dior. He stopped at Buckingham Palace after the coronation for 30 minutes, although he had no interactions with the royal family. That's from the Telegraph. Uh, he was not in an Uber, as I think one paper tried to report. It seemed like he was definitely in a car that he had arrived in. His flight from uh, London, Heathrow, landed in LAX at 7.30 p.m., and then it's a two-hour drive back to Montecito. I think I forgot it was so far away from the airport. So You know what also is kind of hilarious I just wanted to tack on is that at Heathrow, I checked in two different bookstores there in my terminal, and they don't sell Spare. In fact, they sell, they sell this book, Spare us oh my and god it's the cover obviously a best-selling book and i was like i asked the person i was like Wait, what do you, you mean obviously a best-selling book like it's harry's oh, book is there ob- oh yeah, oh, yeah. sorry sorry like, that, that no, no, no 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 harry's book is obviously a bestseller so it should be on these you know best-selling racks so that's where i was like wait a second how come i'm not seeing that and i asked someone there and she was like we don't sell spare and she kind of was <gasps> a little bit gave me a mean look like i was asking but so i was just like this looks insane so how is spare us i haven't started it yet i just i didn't mean to support it financially either but i was the journalist in me was very curious so I, and I didn't have time to read it. The cover is just like Spare, except it has like an X over Harry's mouth. So gosh, I can't believe they're selling that instead of the real Spare. That's yeah, kind of crazy. That's so bizarre. Well, and a reminder, Rachel, that the court case versus Mirror Group begins today. And actually, the publisher this morning gave an unreserved apology for phone hacking. Harry might appear as a witness in June is what we know. And so that trial is going to last about six or seven weeks. We also saw Megan in some paparazzi photos. I just want to say she was wearing a Maya Brenner, Abigail Spencer collaboration clarity necklace. I like that it's called clarity. I feel like that's a message to everyone. She has clarity through all of this. So, yeah. give a shout out to the coronation memes that was the other thing i just wanted to oh my talk god about. there were I just sent, so I sent many some to you. good ones i know i feel like there was one from saint hoax that had the strut that harry had when he went yeah. into westminster which really did feel like a strut and we didn't talk too much about that where it was like he was walking down the aisle he just looked really comfortable smiling at people skin. yeah 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 like waving at a little bit of people yeah uh one of i feel like one of my favorites is uh charles and then when they place the crown on his head the archbishop is like screwing it on like the lid of a jar like he really do you remember that rachel he like forces the crown onto his head and then like scoots it around a little it was just so funny to me um, i know i know one other favorite i was going to mention is from this site that i discovered because someone sent it to me at ticker news co on instagram and it's kind of the caption is stills from the king's coronation after party in an alternate universe and it's just like i'm going to try to hold it up to the screen but it's like oh everyone's God, really AI. dressed yeah it uses ai to basically you know william's in a bright orange suit kate's djing harry and megan are there Anne's just drinking george is getting down 
down. It's really worth a view because it's hilarious. The AI is getting kind of out of hand, though. It's yeah, it's crazy. a little scary. It's very realistic. I know. I know. One other thing I want to mention is what did the Spencers do during the coronation? Oh, yeah. And I got an email from that Spencer 1508 site from Karen Spencer, who runs it. And they were replacing their sewage system. And that was all she talked about. And she said, it's been a huge week for us. And I thought there was definitely going to be coronation mentioned in there. Nope. just You mean she sent it out to their following, right? You didn't personally get an email. Exactly. Yeah. Spencer, (laughs) 15 I got all the emails from them. I wish that we got personal emails from them. I love it. Um, We did want to also mention, we mentioned at the top of the episode that we were going to talk about just all the things that are going on for the Royals. They did the big help out on Monday. They had a Buckingham Palace garden party where Kate rewore that amazing Ellie Saab dress and the Kiki McDonough earrings that she, back from 2019 at Royal Ascot. What a rewear. Great moment for that. And the kids. The kids have been out in full force at so many engagements. I really feel for them. They must need so much sleep after this. Yes. Before we wrap, though, all the coronation conversations, we do need to share some thank yous. We want to give a huge shout out to the Londoner Hotel that hosted us. And it is just a phenomenal property right in the heart of Leicester Square. We could not have been more taken care of and thrilled with so many details, especially the room service (laughs) and the view of the flyover. We just had all our needs were met there. Visit Britain for setting us up with the coronation concert tickets and the DCMS for solving that ticketing snafu ASAP. Visit London that made sure we got into the Royal Muse and also to the Kensington Palace Crown to Couture exhibit while we were there. Who else, Roberta? Anyone else we need to thank? So many people. Oh, Richard Ward for setting us up with the best blowouts for the coronation. Kate's bouncy blowout. It was incredible. So, Roberta, one thing also that everyone's talking about, too, is royal withdrawal. Like, does everything fall off a cliff after the coronation? But I'm here to say no, 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 because we all we have Trooping the Color on the heels of this, Royal Ascot in June, and we're going to have a ton of amazing podcast guests coming up. So a lot to look forward to, and you can get it all right here on Royally Obsessed. Megan at these award ceremonies, I think there's two in May that she'll be at. So she's accepting some awards. So we'll see her as well. So, so much more to come. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, though, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. I don't think I even need to say it, but of course, just my low is that the trip of a lifetime is over. And I'm sad that it's over. It was so much fun to travel to London with you finally after three years of posting this podcast. I know, such Roberta withdrawal. Talk about Royal. <laughs> withdrawal, not as much as my Roberta withdrawal. (laughs) Milo is actually really random, but of course the internet created some fake script that Meghan Markle was actually at the coronation. Oh my God, this is so funny. It was Sir Carl Jenkins who composed one of the songs and he posted a video to Twitter or TikTok (laughs) just explaining that no, he is not Meghan Markle in disguise. And it's just, how is this the world we're living in? How? The internet never ceases to amaze. Like, uh, he has to release a statement? No, no, no. It's out of left field. I'm also like, that isn't, like, that was not what anyone was concentrating on at the coronation. So that's just the internet being the internet. Um, My high, though, is that J.R. Moringer, Harry's ghostwriter for Spare, wrote an article in The New Yorker. It's fantastic. I still have to read it. I haven't read it yet. Oh, my God. It's a must read. Please, please let me know when you do. He applauds Megan for her hostessing skills, which I feel like we know from the cut, too. She gives out jam and everything. Harry's love of Moana. There was a big fight with Harry. He also kind of teases the second book. He, He echoes Harry in saying there was so, so, so much that they left out. So... Maybe more to come from them. I know. I need to. I need to prioritize that. 
My high, I couldn't decide, Roberta. I, one part of it is I officially love coronation chicken. We had amazing coronation chicken sandwiches at Claridge's and I was really kind of writing it off as not good. And it's another thing like take that that I can't stop thinking of. Also, I squeezed in on my last day after you had already headed to the airport, a facial at Sarah Chapman. And it was probably the best facial I've had in my life. And I, I just, I feel like I say that after recently going to Paris and having a facial and I don't normally live this glamorous life, but this was a treatment that the, the face massage and the actual technique was almost meditative. Like I went to a different state. So, and I wow. can't wait to put some of the practices into place. Apparently she's very good for sensitive skin, which is what I have. And what is the royal connection with Sarah Chapman? That's supposedly where Meghan Markle would go for her facials. And that's why her skin is so beautiful. Wait, is she the face gym woman? She is, but not the face gym that we have in New York City. It's kind of like she has her own technique that is facial gymnastics. And that's what was just... Wow. Well, your skin's glowing right now. You look so, It's my new travel hack. Get a facial right before Before you're departing because it kind of scrubs away all the dehydration of the trip. And then you kind of arrive back feeling glowing and but definitely like any anything that um you know Meghan Markle clearly knows where to go wow amazing well just a reminder before we close please 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 leave us a royal rating we'd love five stars let us know what you think leave us a review remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode follow us on instagram at royally obsessed podcast we definitely want to hear your coronation thoughts please send them in any and all thoughts about the coronation we love the letter today info at gallerypodcast.com until next week God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.